Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Literally Welcome back. You're listening to Literally Gaysians. We're two gay Asian guys, you know, Gaysians. Good, 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 Gaysians. Get real about their feelings and literally Gaysian shit. I'm Chris. And me llamo Bao. And today we're going to wear our big boy sweats and going to the all-you-can-eat Korean barbecue for beef. And it's not the grilled kind because this beef be angry. It's annoyed and she has had it. She's had it. I don't know why I just gendered the beef. Please don't cancel me. (laughs) So this episode is about the beef of the feelings kind, our rage, our grudges, and it's inspired by the recent Netflix series, Beef, that came out just a few weeks ago starring Ali Wong and Steven Yeun. They played two people caught in a road rage accident who let their beef with each other spiral their lives out of fucking control. It's such a good show. I just started it and I'm a few episodes in and it's getting us all thinking about the rage we feel uh, under the surface as Asian American millennials. And, you know, how we're taught to keep things all bottled up. You know, they say, don't make waves. And it's really interesting seeing stories about people that look like me and are my age. But, well, you know, hotter and younger than me. And I just finished the uh, the season or the series a couple of weeks ago, and the ending is literally just a chef's kiss. And it really got me thinking about just my own millennial rage, my own Asian rage. And today we're going to let that rage out. But before we get to that, a quick catch up, because we just actually saw each other in person last week. And it's funny, every time we're together, we never <laughs> record a podcast episode. <laughs> but we were in Palm Springs in India for Coachella. It was so much fun. Um, how was it for you? You know, so last year was both our first time. So we're like, you know, on the same like track right now. And each time I'm always really inspired and reminded to like lean into and feed into my creativity and, or what's left of it that hasn't been devoured by capitalism. Mm-hmm. Like 
I go with the intention of minimally just seeing a handful of artists that I really want to, and then more to follow folks like you and our ears, because sometimes we'll run into somebody so cool and new. Like, I like my music, but I'm not a super massive music geek. And so uh, almost everyone's new to me. And we ran into um, Ashniko. Mm, and so we were good. both walking by and had to stop, uh, even though we were on our way to go see somebody. And she was singing songs like Working Bitch or Telling I'm Us. I'm a working bitch. So catchy. Such a bop. <laughs> and then she started telling a story about being in the forest naked, lying down on a log as vines eat her decaying body and worms go into her ear. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm digging this. <laughs> and then it trends and then it like transitions into her hit single, Worms in My Brain. Or it's literally called <laughs> yeah. when we were going through her discography the day after. We're like, oh, there is a song. Maybe that's what she performed after. And yeah, like right all before night. Clitoris the Musical. <laughs> <laughs> An actual track, everybody, that she yes. has. It's called Clitoris the Musical. And it's hilarious. And I just had like her lyrics stuck in my head all day. Mm-hmm. Like I gave your girlfriend cunnilingus on my couch. For some reason, that has been stuck in my head for the last two weeks. And this is the brilliance of that. Like, really, just as gay men, really loving just cheesy, corny pop music. And she is just uh, an embodiment of that. She is camp. She is true camp. Full-on camp. Um, and I, I, I am always there for the music. So the artists that I love, they're always working so hard. They spend so many months or even the whole year, like figuring out how they're going to, what they're going to do on this set. That's going to define them and really find some surprises to entertain you. And they work so hard to like entertain us. Right. And like you, I loved wandering around and exploring artists like Ashniko. She was like a a gem to find. The highlights for me were Bjork, um, Yeji, um, the Keichanada set that we wandered into, like in the middle of it. Couldn't find our friends, but we had such a good time anyway, just because right when we were walking to the field and like, I wonder if this is going to be good. And that's when he dropped the cuff it Beyonce remix. And it was so, so good. It was amazing. But my favorite memory was literally the bonding that we had with just the huge group of friends that we brought. Cause we were kind of a smaller group last week, last, last year, sorry. And then we had this huge group, so many different houses, <laughs> so many different Airbnbs. But my favorite memory from that was when we were playing that feelings game. It's like, 3 a.m. on that Sunday, where I guess Monday morning was the last night of Coachella. We are kind of coming down from our peak of the Molly, uh, just op- open, uncomfortable with each other. And then we decided to like play this card game about feelings that our friend brought. So it's kind of like we're not really strangers. You know that card game in that uh-huh. red box that's like um, advertising on Instagram all the time? Yeah. Um, and so in each round, we each picked a card and answered a really personal and vulnerable question about ourselves. And I just, it was just so nice to have that be kind of like the, the, the end of the, the end of the weekend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I was a little nervous at first and maybe because I uh, had a light speech impediment from all these substances we had, <laughs> but I got really into it. And I had a card that had me share something that I learned at Coachella about myself, which was, mm-hmm to lean into my old weird self and because I find myself self-editing so much lately and it's the my charm or maybe my mask, who knows, but it's who mm-hmm. I am and I want to be more of myself to myself and others. 
Yeah, and and being on the substances, <laughs> being on that press pill energy, um, and getting that card. You you say things like I don't think that would have come out uh, come up on like a regular conversation with us. It may have come up on this podcast, you know, if you thought it, we thought about it, it was intentional. But just in like the everyday like hanging out at Coachella mm-hmm. wouldn't come out, and it was so nice to hear that from you, and so nice to hear that from um, other people in the room who have been through so much, and it made me realize like in the more than a decade that we've all been friends, we've just been through so much and we've supported each other through so much grief during the pandemic. When our parents died, when there were hard breakups, like divorces and layoffs, there were a lot of things that went on our group. I I feel like some other group would have been like gossiping about us (laughs) because there was so much going on, but to be in this moment, know us, know know and love each other. We were just kind of held each other through a lot of these things. And I realized this because there were a couple of people who are new to our group playing the game. Like, they started dating one of our friends and they've only known mm-hmm. us for a year. And once in a while, someone would say something pretty vulnerable and then like they had to get it. They had to just like, Hey, what happened there? Like what happened with that person's ex? And why does that he feel this way? favorite Because we had to retell the story. It's Did we all have to re- <laughs> I know. Or like, this is the time where this happened at that club. This is the, what they went through. It's not good, but we love them. You know? So it, it just made me realize how, much we've been through and how much I kind of love everyone. And to be able to go to something like Coachella with a group like that. And it's not just about like the partying and the music. It's about our friendships together. And I remember you had coined it maybe like a decade ago. It's our Molly talks. Yeah. It's the Molly talk. Um, And being at the festival ignited so much of the creativity in all of us, right? So I think the closing question was like, what are you inspired by this weekend that you'll take to the next weekend? This sounds so much like camp. (laughs) Everyone's going to listen to this. And they went to some weird camp and or a really intense work offsite. But again, it was just an amazing weekend. Rehab. (laughs) Yes. Or they should. In any case, in summary... I guess I was tripping hard, but tripping really good mm-hmm. to be able to feel all these great feelings. And I still feel that way even after that absolutely baffling Frank Ocean set. It, that, oh. that couldn't bring me down, but we promise to get into it later. Yes, you will, because our topic this week is beef. beef. And there's beef to be had with Frank Ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, let's get into it. You know, inspired by the show, let's talk about our beefs and each do a take on something we have in a few different categories, even with each other. With each other. So that one I'm going to be, I'm a little nervous about feeling raw and vulnerable. Um, But I'm trying to stay open. Like we were playing that card, that feelings card game, going to the Coachella camp where (laughs) Where we shared our feelings and what we're yeah, going to take. Yeah, but I'm sober into. now. <laughs> yeah, we're really sober now. Slightly still coming down, probably, and trying not to let any of this criticism trigger my fight or flight response. Which is funny because if this is about anger and beef, this is just about our fight response to different things. <laughs> so underlying all this anger is some sort of fear, insecurity, but or some sort of trigger. But let's just say noted and move on, and let's have the space to just have our beef and let's start with the small stuff, the easy stuff. All right. So keeping it recent, uh, what's a beef that you have with anything or anyone at Coachella? (laughs) Like, do I even need to ask this question? Frank Frank Ocean. Ocean. Frank, girl, 
I was expecting you to perform your album Blonde. All we got was Bland. <laughs> channel Orange, more like Channel Boring. Oh, uh, Frank Ocean was literally one of the top five artists of all time for me. So I was really looking forward to it. Like I had set, I, I was afraid there was going to be too much expectation on him. So I set my lowest mm-hmm. expectation to he's not going to release any new music or a new album. He'll just sing his old stuff. I'm going to be okay with that. So I was completely astounded, realizing that he even delivered lower than that bar. Like, shit happens, delays happen, so I'm not mad about the delay. But at one point, he just played a CD of his songs and started vibing to his own songs on stage. Not singing, not even lip syncing. Just vibing, just dancing to his own songs. Like, three songs straight. He wasn't even singing. Like, girl, you broke your ankle, but did you break your voice? No, you didn't. He's not even a drag queen. Not even a drag king. I don't know what he was, like a hype man for his own music. And I think I'll see a lot of this this discourse about like, dude, he's a man who's grieving. Be kind to him. Of course, so are many of us in the last few years who have grieved. What's different for us is that we spent hundreds of dollars to go see him perform and he couldn't even perform. And if you're not up for it, if you're going through that, just drop out. Just cancel. It's like, I sure did not save up my serotonin leading up to Coachella just to have my role wasted staring at the floor (laughs) waiting for Frank Ocean. That made us so angry. And I know that we sound pretty like entitled as fans right now. So when I went to the Kalela concert last month, who I love, she talked about her experience just like making that new album she came out with and how long it took her and that a lot of artists this, these days have to deal with audience entitlement. So that's like fans feeling they're entitled to new music or content all the time and demanding it from their artists. She experienced it a little, but she said her fans were mostly were accepting of like, whatever she's doing, I know it's going to make a great album. Um, you can see people doing that with Rihanna, right? Always demanding when the, that new album is out, even when the artist isn't ready. Even when the artist literally said she's not going to come out with new music, although yes. she did. <laughs> <laughs> she did. And though she might still. So I thought about that. Like, are we being like entitled fans? And I don't think I was like, I, again, I would have been happy if he just came out and performed his songs, if he just sang his own songs. But he didn't even do that. Like, if he would have canceled, yes, he would have been disappointed as fans, but it wouldn't be disrespectful to his fans which is what that set felt like it felt like Mm -hmm. disrespectful it it was it was so painful because it was also the third day and i feel like he was the talk of the town and it just kind of put a damper on everyone's end of the weekend yeah yeah and i had just seen that amazing bjork set um fully tripping on acid um (laughs) fully feeling the love for everyone this planet and myself and then reminding that there are ups and downs in life and life is a roller coaster with that frank set but i made peace with it and i think this is one of the situations you separate the art from the artist it's not like he did something that problematic he just disappointed his fans I still love the music. I can still listen to White Ferrari without feeling any anger. <laughs> my little beef is not necessarily with Coachella itself, but my own personal lack of musicality and inability to hear lyrics. I mean, that's why I'm such a <laughs> bad drag queen. I always turn my head a lot so people don't know that I don't know the words. And when we were at 
any top 40 artist, uh, you know how when they turn the sound off and the crowd erupts singing the lyrics? I'm always surprised and feeling so left out. I don't know when it's going to happen. I think next time I'm going to stand near the um, the accessibility screen that shows all the lyrics going on so I won't miss it <laughs> next time. <laughs> so you're not at Coachella. You're at Coachella Karaoke. But I will say uh, shout out to Coachella for having those um for having the lyrics up for people i also feel like most people fake it i think sometimes when i'm really feeling myself i know like the first few words of the verse and then i just like just pretend like i know troll off and pretend the rest like no one can really hear me get it wrong (laughs) so that's like kind of the fun part about it um but i love i love your relationship to lyrics my favorite example of that was when we did that that drag show together (laughs) We were going to open with like a lip sync to the theme to the Golden Girls, like, thank you for being a friend. Or you were, you were going to open to that. Mm -hmm. And our friend, for some reason, accidentally played the instrumental version. Which, (laughs) by the way, was not even part of the plan to ever have an instrumental version. I don't know why he had it. Why was it in the folder? But anyways, he played it. And without the actual (laughs) lyrics playing, you just... Continue to mouth to like an instrumental version of that song. <laughs> I was flabbergasted. And you know what he did? In an attempt to fix it, he played the instrumental over again. And I just lip synced to it again. <laughs> and everyone was like, this is very avant-garde drag, I guess. This is her drag. It's the first time I learned my lyrics and they didn't play the music. <laughs> And there were no lyrics to be lip-synced to. (laughs) Okay, new topic. Uh, What's a beef you have with the community? Like, it could be any community you belong to. Are you Gaijin, gays, the Asians, cis male, whatever. What What do you got a beef with? So my beef is with you Gaijins out there and not, and the Gaijin guys, and not the whole community just certain millennials and Gen Xers in those communities. And it's around gender inclusivity. Why is it so fucking hard for some of you fucking Gaijins to update ever so slightly how you reflect and engage with the world that is more inclusive of trans and non-binary people? And I mean this for the millennials and the Gen Xers, because you Gen Z Gaijins, you got it together. The millennials and Gen Xers, there's some work to do. And we're going to start with the language. So for the record, girl, we don't say the T word anymore when we talk about trans people. And you'd be surprised how many people I've heard still do it, particularly in LA. I don't think you can use the word, and I use this as uh, the word dyke freely. Um, it depends on the situation and who you're with, but mm, just think of it like this. Like like once in a while, Chris and I like to use the word faggot for fun. Mm-hmm. Just to but be, re- it's between us. Yes, it's between us. If someone who is not us uses it, you kind of be like, hell no, but like, depending on the switch situation, right? So when you're using a term like dyke or the T word or something, just first of all, just maybe don't use it and like think of the situation like that. Like, would you, would you appreciate someone calling you a faggot if they weren't a faggot? Yeah, figure out your code switching. You can do it. On the same topic of language, these pronouns, girl, it's not that hard. If I have to hear, Oh, Sam Smith, he uses they, them pronouns. One more time, I'm literally going to explode. And it's not easy, but it is kind of easy. Just practice. It takes 
time in the beginning, but you kind of get used to it. And when you hear it in your head, you know you did it wrong. Just correct yourself in the moment. It's fine. Just correct yourself in the moment. Like, my bad. I meant X. And when someone corrects you, you can also just be, oh, yeah, yeah, my bad. Because people have done that to me. I'm like, oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, I meant they, them. And I didn't realize that. And I think this is my beef because I sh- I've just spent so much time being politely correcting people, which is still awkward. It's not just Sam Smith. It can be personal. Like, I have this friend, a uh, trans woman in L.A. that I... um met in LA like a few years ago and she used to live in New York with our mutual friend and our mutual friend introduced us. So our mutual friend knew her before she transitioned. But while whenever we're hanging, we drink a lot. He just keeps misgendering her. And I know it's hard, but she, and she's nice about correcting it, but imagine this person having to correct people her entire day, Mm -hmm. even in the company that she should feel safe with. And that's just my last point on this. I'm being like more gender inclusive. It's not just about like the words you use, but Ask yourself, like, is anyone in your life trans? Is someone that you talk to often, a true friend or even like a coworker? Because maybe it's time to get to know trans people on this level. And when you see and feel them on this human level, on the level of love and friendship or even companionship at work, you'll also see how maddening it is that they're treated a certain way throughout life, that they face these things throughout their entire day and the least you can do is just not add to it and the least you can do especially as someone like also in the queer community is to not add to it so i know i sound like an angry like social justice warrior but i've just been again just like really nice and polite about this shit and i just i just think i'm about to explode so do better millennial gaysians you could do fucking better it's it's true because i you know, people don't use the Z term anymore, which I thought was really good. It was a new word rather than using what people now keep saying. Well, it's a plural word. Don't can't use that, which, mm-hmm. oh, God, they're stupid. But I liked Z. Z, yeah. it, it works. Do people still use it? No, I, I nobody uses it anymore that I've known um, recently. So I don't know if it's like offensive or just passe. Yeah. And when you're in doubt, just be like Instagram. Or Facebook, use they, them. Okay, on that same topic, a little lighter. I am so over gender reveal parties. Like, oh, God, yeah. It, not even just the whole idea that they have started fires in California. Fires <laughs> everywhere, actually. <laughs> killed people. Uh, destroyed the environment with the blue dye in a river. Killing all of the wildlife. It just doesn't make sense it i i at first i thought oh it's this weird old thing that old people used to do it's made up by millennials that's what drives me crazy yeah like yeah why just like you said do better millennials do better yeah and it's funny because i I heard about another podcast like ranting on this topic who are gen xers and i thought they they did it too but no they don't it's the millennials who created it and you know, this this reminds me of like a really good friend of mine for her first baby invited me to a gender reveal party. And it was during the pandemic on Zoom. And I was so, that's just a close friend of mine. And they were, and she was like probably six, seven months pregnant. And I had just talked to my other girlfriend. I'm like, I'm so like conflicted about this. I'm not going to, I if I don't go, I feel like I'm not being a good friend. 
I also feel like I want to say something, but does that matter now at her at where she is in her pregnancy? So, I mean, I'm going to tell the truth now. I just thought of a lie and got out of it, and I've never talked to her about it. But I just thought she was like, she has, I mean, it's okay to say it. She has a lot of gay friends, but she has a lot of gay friends. She's a pretty progressive person on the internet. I just don't know why why this is allowed to happen. I, I've had some girlfriends be like in the Asian culture, some grandparents want to do it. And sometimes they will do it for the grandparents, but then it's mm-hmm. just like an egg or something. And they're not burning down things and they don't agree with it, but it's like, I'm just doing it for the grandparents, but it is just ridiculous how, how widespread these still are. Maybe you, if you had shown up, she would have found that they opened the box to reveal a cup of water because gender is fluid. <laughs> You dumb bitch. <laughs> and then still on this topic, I didn't realize how, how like mad I would get. Gendered restrooms. Like, fine. Mm-hmm. There's the big shared restrooms. Not even really fine. But private single person restrooms that are male and female. What is the point? It, it just, it's like anyone should be able to go in there. More places should have private restrooms. Why do we need to have the little restroom openings under the door? I don't want people seeing inside in the first place. Americans are weird about (laughs) bathrooms. It's just this bizarre. Like, I think it's just that men don't want to see the tiny little trash cans next to the toilet in women's bathrooms. So they don't have to be reminded that half the world has periods. It just, uh, it's, it's so maddening. Oh, you know what the conservative is going to say? Because they don't want creepy men in the restroom. Well, they're the creepy men. Yeah. They're the creepy men that they're afraid of. Are you saying this because it's been a while since you've been to the cafe in the Castro and you were there this weekend and they have amazing private single person stalls? Yes, I love it. <laughs> and that's where you can do all your other things. Yes, yes. Uh, many different activities that can be done in a private single person restroom without holding up the line for anybody else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Okay, our next topic that we have beef with, and it's you. Oh, Lordy. Are we back to the feelings game? <laughs> yes. What beef do you have with yourself? Um, I think lately, especially while being laid off, I've had uh, too much time to like sit with my own feelings or... Um, oh, mm-hmm. And so I think one of the things is... Big ideas, but little action. I think I have at least a moderate sense of creativity and excitement. And both in work and in my personal creativity, I think I come up with big ideas and Mm -hmm. they're exciting, but I can't always seem to start or finish them. It's, I get scared. I think Mm -hmm. if I weren't so afraid, I might have approached you many more years ago to start this podcast. But better late than never, just, I, I just can't always get to that first step. Um, and I'm working on that and thinking about it more. But that's my beef with myself. I, I, f- I feel you on that. I think a lot of people feel this way. Remember the day before we were going to launch this podcast trailer? We had done all this work, had all these episodes actually recorded already. I'm like, never mind. You were just like... Um, I got a text like in the middle of the night, like, let's just not do this. <laughs> Should we <laughs> like, just not do this? And, um, it's just cause putting stuff out there and like expressing your creativity can be hard or you don't have to put stuff out there. You can do stuff for yourself. Mm-hmm. But, um, I also think you're super creative when there's an accountability partner. So I think mm-hmm. we work well together on this, but I know we, we saw an old video um, at Coachella, like someone dug up that you did a roast for our friend Maverick's 30th birthday party. And it was so amazing. You did that. Yeah. But, but, but maybe I, there was a deadline, right? Like there's a birthday party and I'm, I'm going to speak <laughs> out. <laughs> it's the, the stress that gets me, gets me charged up. I'm, I'm told that's an ADHD symptom. I can only yeah. work with deadlines. Yeah. I heard this podcast about um, the Adderall shortage and someone talked about that. Like it looked something switched after they got access to Adderall or ADHD medication. Cause before they had this long list and because it was so daunting, but something when it was so daunting, they wouldn't do it. But once they, um, the therapist put them on or psychiatrist put them on Adderall, they were finally like something clicked and they were finally able to do things. It's wild. It, you, you take some and like, is this how neurotypical people think they can just say, I'm going to do that and do it. It's weird. <laughs> it's so weird. I think we still have the same fears, or maybe I have ADHD too. I can't believe I just told you that, by the way. Like, was I just ADHD explaining things, something, something to you? <laughs> I'm learning. I'm still learning. Well, I'm going to be accountable for this creative idea that you have, which is for some of the episodes, you're going to do um, new key art for it. So it's not just our literary Gaijin's logo. Mm-hmm. So you're going to work on it. 
and it's going to be great. I think you have a great idea. And if listeners are looking on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and just see <laughs> the wow. Literally Asians logo, I have failed at making Chris accountable <laughs> for his big idea. God, blasting me to the full public. Full accountability, like right, major right. intense accountability. <laughs> okay, so myself, my my beef with myself. I'm just always in this constant cycle of shame that's hard to like um, pull myself out of. And of course I'm working on it in therapy and sometimes it just feels like I'm doing very well. And other days it's just like bad. And it's come to the point, like some, all the things I've learned in therapy, I also process with shame. So, so let me make, like, let me give you an example, like take body dysmorphia, for example, when I'm in one of those like eras or body dysmorphic moods, like say like I had an injury, I couldn't work out or mm, Botox is running out or something like that. And for me, it was like, say, I saw a skinny photo of myself from 2018 or or when I was skinnier um, and only skinny because I probably had disordered eating at the time. And so anyways, I see this picture of myself. I feel like super ashamed of my body. And then I realize, like, wait, 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 you're feeling this shame. You're feeling terrible because this is body dysmorphia speaking. So don't listen to her. Don't listen to the body dysmorphia. And that's a good perspective, right? Mm -hmm. And then I immediately switch to, why do you have body dysmorphia? You're so, you're such a broken person. Like <laughs> then I start having shame for having it's body dysmorphia. on top of each other. <laughs> so the awareness of having, the awareness is helpful, yes. But then I have a shame with the awareness. And I'm like, is there's really no break from this? And then I just find that funny. And I just realized now that I'm in a space now where I can kind of live with the stuff I have, know that I'm working on it and be lighter about it. Cause like mm-hmm. not freak out like, oh my God, I'm feeling body dysmorphia and just be like, all right, let's let it pass. It's not going to be here forever. And just like be kinder to myself. So yeah, I, I know it was sort of like against the idea of being kind to yourself when we asked this question, what problem do you have with yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people feel this way. So yeah, all of us have that. And the body dysmorphia, especially in the, in the queer community. Uh, and I think for like us, you know, with our immigrant Asian parents, mm-hmm. even even good things are always done with shame and guilt. <laughs> this is I learned it from you, mom. And then when I went to Asia, like to visit my mom, she was just say things like, "Oh yeah, yeah, he was skinnier back then. He's fat now, right?" Oh and I'm like, God. "Of course." But that that time I was skinny, I literally was like, you know how there's intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. and that that's that's kind of healthy some people would argue it's disordered eating you just eat for eight hours a day or whatever and then someone turned me on to that idea like oh, i'm trying intermittent fasting but instead of fasting for 16 hours i just fast a whole 24 hours <laughs> for two days a week and nothing hit me as wrong about that and i tried it and i was so skinny and okay and i feel bad about saying this now because some people who have body dysmorphia might try it but now when i look back i'm like that was an intermittent fasting that was literally disordered eating Uh two days days a week just like oh i don't i have uh, busy with work and i don't have time to work out so i'm gonna do the 24-hour intermittent fasting i remember that time in your life because i kept thinking wow she's looking i think i'm gonna do that yeah it's so 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 and i'm now afraid of like talking about this and people getting the idea to do it so don't do it it actually gives you you're so little energy and and i'm not gonna get into it just don't do it but 
it took this many years for me to look back and be like, yo, that was disordered eating. Listeners, we are not doctors. Uh, please speak with your with your doctor about good eating ha- habits. <laughs> yes. Uh, and the person who gave me my idea was not a licensed professional, but unfortunately a very hot looking person. <laughs> <laughs> so so toxic. So don't 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 try that ever at home. All right. Um, next topic. Um, this is the this is the vulnerable that getting ready to be open and receiving whatever you're gonna say. What is your beef about me? Um Maybe it's a a side of beef, like a beef appetizer. Uh, it's I I when you feel some sort of way about something in like a say a group situation, uh I can see you trying to be very like you know nice or or uh civil about something and you're like, yeah, uh-huh. And and I can tell that you're being so fake. And I'm just wondering, <laughs> is he helping the situation or making it worse? It's like I could tell you are seething, seething. And you're like, mm-hmm, yes, that's great. And I, I, I get, it makes me so uncomfortable. And I still remember this time when... You were having some uh, drama with your ex-boyfriend and our friend Joshua saying, oh, yeah, he deserves an Oscar for that, for that, uh, for that act uh, on, on, on pretending to be okay with everything. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought, this was so obvious. He was not okay. <laughs> I was obviously not okay in that and, situation. Uh, but going back to the ADHD, some people... I've been reading that people with ADHD or certain neurotypical neurodivergent types are highly sensitive to other people's feelings in those moments. And so maybe it was just me that could see it. But my favorite part about it, my non-beef is that when somebody says something cringy in the room, I know to look directly at you for the, (laughs) for the eyes. Oh God. I love like knowing, oh God, I'm not the only one that thinks this is terrible. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's my little mini beef with you. Yeah, no, and I totally feel that. Um, I just had an instance a couple of weeks ago where I was at a club with some guy and I didn't like what was going on. I didn't like what was going on, but I still tried to perform like I was. <laughs> I just, like he was, um, we were interested um uh i was not going to get into it but i realized i was trying to perform being cool with everything and because i was there with him none of my friends were there and have a safety net i didn't want to just leave i didn't want to just like ruin everyone's his his friends time by saying like oh this is like not cool um and so i just pretended like everything was fine and and thought of ways to act to behaviors to to perform to look that way and then when i woke up the next morning i'm like oh fuck it i keep doing that i'm not gonna do it anymore and then i started to kind of work through this in therapy. Mm-hmm. so it's like a deep thing in therapy that i'm working through so i totally get what you mean i also have this thing where i'm like a lot of people have said i'm intimidating 
And I to was go about in a group, to say that, uh-huh. right? And so to go in a group, I kind of just be like, I uh, kind of like don't want to be that. Um, or, well, that's or who you are, it's who I am. But so, and I also, but I also feel for the new person coming into this group, right? It's very hugely intimidating to be in a room full of like us, very loud, opinionated, confident people, and to say something like, "Oh, I love trans." <laughs> or greatest artist of all time, uh, obviously Alesso, and all of us standing there and being like, cringing, how would that person feel? It is better to be like, oh, interesting, or I'm not that into trans, and then shoot a look at each other, but I you know, that person doesn't need to feel like we were all so bitchy to them, just because we didn't have the same music taste, right? Mm-hmm. Bad example. But I think that's an example that happened before. <laughs> uh, it's a recent example. <laughs> Thinking about Coachella and everything. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what's your beef with me? I think it's also just like a carpaccio, like a mm. beef carpaccio or a beef tartare. It isn't like a full spread prime rib, house of prime rib. Um, but I think it's less about you, more about me, which is realizing I used to maybe have like little annoyances, like maybe you send too many memes, which I think you've gotten a lot of feedback about. Plenty. Or like, slowed it down. you forget things. But then once the ADHD kicked in, uh, uh, the, not kicked in, but the ADHD diagnosis happened and you started understanding yourself more, I started understanding how ableist I was around neurodiversity, right? And that I am a neurotypical person. And um, I then started appreciating so much of you. Um, of how, like, for example, on this podcast, you're really able to be present because you're just kind of like present because you of, of you. Um, you have a lot of ideas. Um, and I had worked with near like neurodiverse people before, people with ADHD before, and they were like pretty good about telling, like, this is kind of what works for me, this is kind of what doesn't. And so I would say, like, some of the annoyances I had about you before. It's probably through a pretty like neurotypical lens. And so I kind of don't want to go there because like, I think I've let go of that a lot. But so the only thing on the beef carpaccio is you need to go to a sleep study <laughs> and <laughs> check out your snoring. <laughs> I have you? I, I, need you. I okay, just no. got diagnosed with sleep apnea. <laughs> like, literally <laughs> just diagnosed with it. <laughs> I was gonna text you just because we were out with our friend and who is who we had suspected having sleep apnea for a while. And um he was like, Oh, I just got my sleep apnea machine. I'm like, if you just got your sleep apnea machine, I just need to f- tell Chris this person just got their <laughs> sleep apnea machine. How's it going for you? Amazing. Okay, so it's not even a beef, it's it's off the menu, but how well, what, what happened? How did this all happen? Uh and I still gotta follow through with getting a machine. <laughs> Now that I got no insurance, we'll see what happens uh, with that. So yeah, on our next getaway, just bring earplugs. <laughs> so I do, I do. I have, so I had, so we had to sleep. So me and Chris had to sleep next to each other in a bed, like on after Coachella. I had my headphones in, air can- uh, noise canceling, playing deep sleep music. And I just kind of, I still heard you. <laughs> but I still, I still stepped through. I was pretty, I was pretty exhausted, but then I understood what some people have been saying. And I know this is something you've heard a lot about a lot, but I'm glad that you got diagnosed and you're working on it. 
Yeah. I actually started bringing earplugs for other people when we go away. <laughs> well, great. You're going to have a CPAP soon. All right. That was like intense, kind of, but like, not really. Yeah, yeah. I think we, I we trust each sure other. I not sure where we're going to go with that, but that was nice. Yeah. I think at this point, we've just been friends for so long that like, we've either hashed it out <laughs> in person yeah. or accepted it and love mm-hmm. that about the other person. It's our charms. Okay, so let's jump to our last category because I wish we had all the time in the world, but we don't. Any any topic. So this is any category. What do you have beef with anything? Fucking hemorrhoids. <laughs> uh, nobody talks about it. The beef is that nobody talks about hemorrhoids. And I think everyone around me knows now what a hemorrhoid is. I actually literally had to teach somebody what a hemorrhoid was. And they were already well into their, like, 30s. And uh, they had their first one. I was like, oh, grasshopper, let me teach you the ways. Uh, You know, know, it's the, like, probably one of the biggest reasons I'm more of a verse top lately. Because... You know, after my first Hemi, it exploded in the bathroom at work, and the uh-huh. toilet was all red. And I can't let that happen again. And and you know, and I'm gonna. I guess that, <laughs> that was a very intense description. Just give me a moment. Yeah, hope all the listeners should be imagining this. And, so this you happened know, at, <laughs> at work. Yes. Oh at my the, gosh. At the Apple Store, I was just. And you know how clean those bathrooms are. It was not clean after. So, um. <laughs> and you know, it's like the American diet is so low in fiber. So my beef is well with beef and Americans have this like meat and potatoes mentality. And I, I, I'm always curious if there is like lower hemorrhoid occurrences in more vegetable forward cuisines, like in Asia. Like I was just in uh-huh. Ho Chi Minh City and every meal I had, half of it was fresh vegetables. And mm-hmm. it was it was so good and everything was so smooth. Like I actually <laughs> mm-hmm. had been considered working towards like a low to no beef diet, but you no, know, we'll see if my ADHD allows me to t- stick to something longer than a month. So so wait, wait. How, what is a hemorrhoid? And how, uh, I, I know what it is, but now I forget how it forms. I didn't realize like fiber had to deal with it. Uh, for all you new listeners, <laughs> a hemorrhoid is when the 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 veiny areas in your butthole uh, strain too much, and you can get an internal or external hemorrhoid. You don't want either of them, but an external one, you know, it's uh, it it. it it gets bigger and it is painful and it could feel like there's a lump inside. And if it gets even worse, it'll blow up. Oh my and, God. It's uh, not what happened to you. Yeah. And it was after bottoming, I got it. I was like, so oh, it can God. happen after bottoming. It can after after bottoming. If you just go a little too hard on that, it could happen if you um, wow. strain too much when you go to the bathroom. Uh, they say that you should never sit on a that. toilet longer than five minutes, and because that can lead your body to put more um, blood pressure on the <laughs> anal blood vessel area. And so, yeah, don't strain if you can't go. Um, don't. The, uh, as one doctor put it, uh, 
when you're pooping, it should be like you're blowing bubbles out of your ass. Don't go, don't go harder than that. <laughs> I think I go pretty hard. Like, like I, you know, I never want to like poop at the club. So I try to figure out when I eat before I go out and then like have a nice, you know, like for example, during Coachella, we wanted to wake up, have a meal and make sure that we got it out before we had to hop on the shuttle. The only reason we kept going to Coachella late is because I had to have my moment before I would be allowed (laughs) us to leave. Cause you don't want, you don't want to go at, on the third day at night in those, in those porta potties, even though there's, there's the covered restrooms too. But because of that, sometimes I'm like forcing it out. I'm like sitting there forcing it out Mm -hmm. and I'm also a bottom. So I think this is very, very helpful information for me. Yeah. Yeah. Get your fiber in the more, you know, (laughs) okay. Also hot, nice people. It's, they have so much going on for them. So all I can say is I hope they have anxiety issues. (laughs) (laughs) I know when you meet hot, nice people, it's just like, it's as unfair. I couldn't be either of these. (laughs) (laughs) But sometimes like, are they nice because they're hot? Right. Like life has just been great rosy for them, but I don't know. Yeah. They're rare. So uh, maybe they went through something earlier in Mm -hmm. life that led them to be nice. And so I'm thankful for them. I don't wish mental health problems on people. Only some people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. My beef. Um, so I've been on this dating apps a lot. Mm-hmm. So what's up with all these gay guys who have weird photos? Okay. So my, my beef is with guys who have no smiling photos at all in the collection of their, have you seen those guys? All the time. Just mean I, mugging. I, I think about that all the time. I, I think it's a toxic masculinity thing. Yeah. A smile. I want to, I want to feel safe with you. Not like like ghosted by you. (laughs) Um, Okay. Cupid studies showed that men that didn't smile in their photos, they had higher click rates. Really? Yeah. Not for me. It's a definitely a swipe left for me. Um, Also, this is not grinder. So your photo on Tinder should have your face. Have you seen those profiles where it's like a boat or like what? Uh, it, do I inquire within for a face photo? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Where do you think you are? Do you think people are going to... Sw- who's going to swipe right on that? You know, I wonder if it's working. If they have had their profile <laughs> well, yeah. up for that long. I know, they just <laughs> put like 6.3 six, six, on there or 6.5 on there and then people still swipe right. 6.3 <laughs> white. <laughs> just, they get like, spots, nice stats. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm that... Uh, when you get to their linked um, Instagram and their social media and you scroll down, it's and they don't have updated photos and it's graduation pictures. I'm like, I am too old for this. What even worse, if those graduation photos were recent. I'm like, oh, girl. Why even I- worse, if the graduation is undergrad. <laughs> They're still and wearing even, that little thing. <laughs> and even worse, high school. <laughs> Well, that's like your 25-year-old. I know. That was my 25-year-old dating experience. Okay, la- last one. Last beef I have. <laughs> Fucking vaping. Why did they invent vaping with these delicious flavors? I had fully quit. I had smoked cigarettes for 10 years, 
full on quit four years ago, was had not been smoking for so many years. Then these bitches vaping sure started showing up in raspberry, al- aloe, grapefruit. D- and your favorite delicious. matcha. Oh, the fucking matcha flume vape. Why did someone invent this? Why do I simultaneously don't want California to make it illegal, but simultaneously <laughs> want them to make it illegal? Because I am back on vaping, and I think I picked it up for a little bit last year, quit again. <laughs> I picked it up like right after I came back from Asia, and I, and I just kept telling myself, um, I'm going to quit after Coachella, and I'm quitting right now. And today has been really rough. I think yesterday was fine, but today has been rough. I swore I had another vape hidden somewhere. Instead of preparing for this podcast, I literally spent 30 minutes walking around my apartment, going downstairs and searching my car, going through every bag that I had during Coachella to see if that vape was there before I finally took like a nicotine mint thing. Um, And I'm like, fuck vaping. Why did someone invent this? I mean, I know it's going to be an uncomfortable two weeks as I've, <laughs> as my friend made up. Quitting smoking, quitting vaping is easy. I've done it 10 times. <laughs> I still remember outside of the club, you gave me Nicorette gum and I thought, oh my God, is this going to be my gateway to smoking? <laughs> <laughs> but you hated it. I think you were like, No. Yeah, uh, that is one thing that I'm so happy that I did not pick up from my mother. She did not stop smoking when she was pregnant with me. So hence this, but at least I didn't get that part to actually like smoking. Yeah, I just think uh, I had done so well and I just got pulled back in and I, you know, fuck vaping is also like fuck my addictive personality these cravings can get super intense and I know how hard it is to quit, which is why I say I will, but like really to procrastinate on doing it because I just have a really terrible time and um, quitting, but I just. Well, talking the accountability by the next episode, I'm going to ask you if you quit. Okay. <laughs> the listeners good. remember this. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be a B for a B real. But yeah, I just think I am having a lot of beef with vaping right now because I can't work out like I used to. I can see it tearing down my skin a little bit and i just felt overall just much more healthier when i didn't do it so pray for me okay our time at the table at the all you can eat korean barbecue is up we have had enough beef to last a lifetime or until the next one when we come up with all this (laughs) new shit that we're here to complain about and i think we should do this more often um, because we're not going to do a be real segment this episode because this episode was essentially a job. <laughs> but maybe, but maybe beef can be um, a regular segment, like uh, be real or beef. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like truth or dare. Yeah, and and with that, we're going to wrap. And you can follow us at literally Gaysians on Instagram and TikTok, and me at bow bow bowser on Instagram. And how about you, Chris? Uh, meet me south of market.gif. That's M E A T on the IG. We'll see you in our next episode where a special guest oh. um, returns. Well, that, 
well, well, the return of the special guest. This guest hasn't been on yet. <laughs> Until then, <laughs> bye bye. Till next time, babies. Beef. 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 The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.